For too long have we been silent Too long we've compromised Too long we have been blinded And held captive by lies Welcome to His Word Heals. Today's program is part two of our new video entitled Dead Sea Scrolls, Geezer Calendar Tablet, Essenes, and Trump Calendar, which you can watch in its entirety at www.hiswordheals.com forward slash blog. That's B-L-O-G. That's on our blog page, hiswordheals.com. This article at the Torah.com is good reading, and it tells about the disagreement between the calendars that we can see in the Book of Jubilees. And interestingly, Jubilees was found in K4, I believe, along with all of the other canonized books. So there was a debate about the calendar by the writer of Jubilees. And Enoch also has a different calendar, but it doesn't match the calendar in Jubilees. Not exactly. It's a form of a solar calendar, but it's not the same calendar as the one in Jubilees and the one supposedly found in the Dead Sea Scroll calendar scroll. So many of you are probably familiar with what the Zadokite calendar looks like. All of the feast days fall on the same day every year. The first day of each year, Nisan 1 is what we would call it, but the first day of the first month is always on a Wednesday. And so everything is the same. There has to be a way, though, to add one and one quarter days every year in order to make the year match up with a true solar year. And there is no record anywhere in the scrolls or in Jubilees of how to add the extra day and a quarter back in so that, the, so that over decades of time, the feast days stay in the correct season. However, there are a couple different theories. One is add a day every so often, but that would mess up your calendar because this calendar keeps the same feasts on the same day of the week every year. So the only way you could really do it would be to add a whole seven day week every five or six years so that the Feast of Trumpets would always be on the same day of the week and Passover would always be on a Tuesday, as you can see right here. Passover would always be on the 14th, the evening of the 14th. That would be on a Tuesday. The first day of unleavened bread would always be on the 15th on a Wednesday. This is for month one. And so it's interesting to note, too, I wanted to point out that we know that it makes sense that Yeshua would have been the Passover lamb, so he would have been sacrificed on the 14th when the lamb would have been sacrificed. That would have been the 14th of Nisan. He died in the evening, so he would have been in the ground three days and three nights. So if he was put in the tomb the evening of Wednesday, Wednesday night would have been one night, Thursday night, two nights, Friday night, three nights, Thursday day, one day, Friday day, two days, Saturday day, three days. He would have resurrected at the end of Shabbat after Shabbat was over on Saturday evening and that would have been a total of three days and three nights, just as he said, which means that he had to be crucified on the 14th of Nisan on a Wednesday. However, the Dead Sea Scroll calendar puts the 14th of Nisan on a Tuesday, which does make sense, I will admit, for the Last Supper, which they ate on a Tuesday, the day before the Passover when he was crucified. However, then, according to this Dead Sea Scroll calendar, 
He would have been crucified on Wednesday, which would have been the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, according to the Dead Sea Scroll calendar. But he allowed himself to be sacrificed on the day, the 14th of Nisan, when the temple priests were also sacrificing the Passover lamb. So for him to be the Passover lamb, he was sacrificed on the day that they were using as Passover in the temple, and he never made a peep about it being the wrong calendar. So I don't believe that it was. I believe the Last Supper was their private Passover dinner, just like sometimes we have community Passovers where we invite lots of people before Passover to teach them about Passover, But then we have, many of us, have our private own family Passover in our homes. So they certainly could have had Passovers with their students, and then the students would actually have Passover on the day of Passover at home with their families. So it would have made sense for Yeshua and his disciples to eat the Passover meal the day before Passover, and then the disciples would have been planning to go home and eat with their families and teach their children, whoever had children, about the Passover on the actual day of Passover, the 14th, which would have been a Wednesday when Yeshua was crucified. Anyway, with the 364-day, 52-week calendar in mind, where the days are always the same, day of the week, let's look at the Hank Henry Permanent Calendar. This is HankHenryOnTime.com, and the Hank Henry Permanent Calendar says, The world should now turn to a calendar that is superior to all existing calendars, one which will provide a comprehensive revision of the contemporary Gregorian calendar, the Hank Henry Permanent Calendar, HHPC adheres to the most basic tenet of a fixed read permanent calendar. Each year, each date falls on the same day of the week. In our case, every year begins on Monday, January 1st. They wanted to start this calendar. They proposed starting it for the entire world, beginning in the United States on January 1st, 2024. And this is on the John Hopkins University website. And this is proposed by Professor Henry and another professor, I believe, named Hank. We'll go up here and click on calendar and see what it says. Here's the calendar, the Hank Henry calendar. This is the same every day. It says, moreover, the HHPC accounts for the disparity between the length of our calendar. 364 days is the length of the Hank Henry calendar and that of the astronomical calendar, roughly 365 and a quarter days, the duration of one full orbit of the Earth around the sun. By simply tracking one additional full week to the end of every fifth or sixth year. This keeps the calendar in line with the seasons, serving the same function as the leap year in the present Gregorian system. So this is the exact same calendar as the Dead Sea Scroll calendar and the way that they're going to um, even out the missing one and a quarter days is by adding one whole week every five or six years. Now we're going to go to the question and answer section. One of the questions says, calendar reform has always failed before, this will too. And they say, right, calendar reform has always failed before. The reason was that all the major proposals included breaking the seven-day cycle of the week. That is completely unacceptable to humankind, and that will never happen. The Hank Henry calendar does not break that cycle. Further down, it says, why January 1st? 
2024, because in both the current Gregorian calendar and the new Hank Henry calendar, that day is Monday, the start of a seven-day cycle, which we call a week. So they're saying Monday is the first day of a seven-day cycle. Next question, why was the start date moved from Sunday to Monday? You know, Sunday is the first day of the week. Saturday is the seventh day, of course. So they're asking here why the Hank Henry calendar moved their first day of the week from Sunday to Monday. Interesting. Everywhere in the world except the United States and Canada, the week begins on Monday and ends on Sunday. This makes January 1st, a Monday, 2024, a perfect transition. So in this proposed world calendar, Monday would actually be the first day, and that would make Sunday the seventh day. Keeping that in mind, we're going to back up to where it says calendar and read one more passage over here where it says each quarter contains 91 days, and I'll add that's the same as the Dead Sea Scroll calendar, four seasons of 91 days each, resulting in a 364-day year that is comprised of 52 seven-day weeks. This is a vital feature of the Hank Henry calendar because by preserving the seven-day Sabbath cycle, the HHPC abides by the fourth commandment, thereby avoiding the major complaints from ecclesiastical quarters that have doomed all other attempts at calendar reform. Interesting. So they're going to have Monday the first day of the week, but that makes Sunday the seventh day. What happened to Saturday being the seventh day? And they're obviously quite aware of the Sabbath cycle. So are they gearing the Sabbath cycle for Sunday being the seventh day? Lastly, on their media page, we're going to scroll down. They've got a whole lot of media interviews about this calendar. But the one that interests me the most is, could Donald J. Trump become America's Caesar? So if we click on that, here's the article. It's Forbes.com. Julius Caesar died over 2,000 years ago. He accomplished many things, including the establishment of the Roman Empire and the title Dictator Perpetuo, Dictator for Life. During his reign, Caesar introduced the Julian calendar on January 1st, 45 BC. Even after 2,000 years, this noteworthy reform lives on as the Julian calendar still used in parts of the Eastern Orthodox Church and elsewhere. Could Donald J. Trump become America's Caesar? Yes, without a doubt. And it won't be because he is named dictator for life. And this article is from May of 2019, but keep in mind that... Donald Trump could still be our next president as well. The article goes on to say, All Trump has to do is put the government on a modern permanent calendar via executive order. Yes, a Trump permanent calendar holds the key. The Trump permanent calendar, as this article calls it, will be one in which every date will fall on the same day of the week forever. It will be permanent. No new calendars would have to be printed each year. That waste of time and money will be no more. Richard Dick Con Henry, a colleague and academy professor of astrophysics at the Johns Hopkins University, and I have developed what is now called the Hank Henry calendar. And so this interview is being done by Mr. Hank, and he just talked about his colleague, Mr. Henry. 
The permanent calendar, it adheres to the most basic tenet of a fixed calendar. Every date falls on the same day of the week every year, so New Year's Day always would be a Monday. The HHPC year is divided into four three-month quarters. The first two months of each quarter are made up of 30 days, and the third has 31 days. So each quarter contains 91 days, resulting in a 364-day year comprised of 52 seven-day weeks. This is a vital feature of the HHPC by preserving the seven-day Sabbath cycle and so not inserting extra days that break up the weekly cycle. It avoids the major complaints from ecclesiastical quarters that have doomed all other attempts at calendar reform. There is a disparity between the necessary length of the HHPC calendar, 364 days, and that of the astronomical calendar, 365 and a quarter days. The HHPC accounts for this by tacking on an additional week every fifth or sixth year. So there's an extra seven days added to the calendar in, for example, 2020, 2026, 2032, and so on. This additional week serves the same purpose as the extra day we count in a leap year in the present system and keeps the calendar in line with the seasons. By President Trump signing the following executive order, they've already typed it all up for him, which Dick Henry and I have drafted, what is known now as the HHPC would become the Trump calendar. The leap week contained in this permanent calendar would become the Trump week. And for the icing on the cake, the United States would adopt a coordinated universal time. I forgot to mention that. They were also doing away with the time zones in this proposal and instead would be adopting coordinated universal time. So there would be no more time zones, no more daylight savings times, none of that. So not only is this proposal changing the calendar, but also changing the times. And of course, Trump would become America's Caesar. Americans would then benefit from having an improved calendar forever. And here's the draft of executive order providing for the adoption of the Trump calendar by the U.S. federal government to begin, and they wanted it to begin, on January 1st, 2024. But of course, President Trump was having all kinds of problems in 2019 and was not able to get this done. But if he gets back in, is this something that's still going to be on the agenda? Time will tell. Creating a world calendar and doing away with the world time zones brings to mind Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until a time, times, and the dividing of time. Now let's look at Rachel Elior. She is one who has really been um, the scholarly opinion about the calendar, the calendar scroll being from the Zadokite priesthood, and also supports, I believe, the Essene theory uh, that the Essenes were the ones who lived at Qumran and wrote the scrolls. Let's see what other studies that she does, whatever other scholarly writings she does. If you look at this list here, she writes on the emergence of Jewish mysticism, the paradoxal ascent to God, the Kabbalistic theosophy of Chabad Hasidism, mysticism, magic, and angelology, the perception of angels in the Hekelot literature, the mystic origins of Hasidism, the contemplative ascent to God, 
She studies and teaches a lot on Jewish mysticism, transmigration, etc. A lot of magic and angel stuff. But the one I found most interesting was the second one up here, the Kabbalistic Theosophy of Chabad Hasidism. Where have we heard Theosophy before? Well, let's go to Edgar Cayce. Edgar Cayce on the Dead Sea Scrolls. Edgar Cayce lived 1877 to 1945. He's considered the most documented psychic of all time and often referred to as the sleeping prophet because of his trance-like state from which he gave his readings. He was well known for his clairvoyant insights. In addition to his accuracy regarding medical diagnosis, he had ability to peer into the past and provide detailed information about ancient history. Of all of his clairvoyant excursions into the past, some of the most remarkable information that came through him explored the activities of a little-known Jewish sect called the Essenes. And this is found at secured.edgarcasey.org, where you can order this book called Edgar Casey on the Dead Sea Scrolls. Then we'll go to edgarcasey.org. Here's Edgar Casey on ancient mysteries. Edgar Casey claimed the history of mankind went back some 10 million years while in a trance state. Casey's ability to peer into the past with uncanny psychic accuracy was demonstrated repeatedly. Scrolling down, the Essenes. More than 11 years before the Dead Sea Scrolls were found in 1947, Edgar Casey provided a great deal of information on a Jewish sect called the Essenes. Casey claimed that the Essenes society men and women lived and worked together toward a common goal of preparing for the birth of Christ. Scholars, however, believe that the Essenes were a monastic society composed exclusively of men. It was not until archaeological excavations occurred after Casey's death that his psychic information was verified. The life of Jesus. Going beyond the New Testament and given before the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls, Casey's readings reveal the life of Jesus as one rich in teachings, training with the Essenes, and his teacher there, Judy. Family, brothers James and Jude, and sister Ruth and spiritual lessons traveling to India and Egypt to learn from master teachers. The readings go a step further and reveal the past lives of Jesus that led to the culmination of his manifestation as the Christ and advise on us on how we can pattern our lives after his. I won't read any more of this garbage, but here on the Theosophical Society, it's at theosophical.org, talks about the relationship between Casey and Blavatsky. Of course, Blavatsky lived before him. It's Madame Helen Blavatsky. But Casey's concept of the Akashic records is derived from ancient Vedic writings in which Akasha is a kind of universal ether. This idea of universal records was popularized to Westerners in the late 19th century through the work of occult philosopher, world traveler, and theosophy founder, Madame H.P. Blavatsky. Anyway, it goes on to talk about a lot of the things that he had in common with Blavatsky and um, that he was in agreement with some of her teachings. It also talks about Casey being a Christian. I don't recommend reading this stuff, though, because it is all satanic deception and that I don't think we really need in our minds. We need to focus on scripture and not on all of this other garbage. I'm just pointing this out because both Casey and Blavatsky talked about the Essenes. 
And now we see the Essenes popping up in the Dead Sea Scrolls with regard to this calendar and a lot of other extra biblical books that we're going to um, credit with the Essenes. And then we're connecting the Essenes now with Yeshua and John the Baptist and all of that. And I don't know whether they were associated with them or not, but we don't know enough about these Essenes to know if they were the real deal or if they were a misled cult. We don't know. So anything that disagrees with Scripture, we need not to be reading about. We need to focus on Scripture. If something agrees with Scripture, great. If not, we need to throw it out. If something leads us to Yeshua, our Messiah, the true Yeshua, our Messiah, we need to cling to it. If something leads us away from who Yeshua, our Messiah, truly is, who we were saved through, the Son of the living Elohim, who was the Word of God made flesh, the Word of Yahweh made flesh, died for our sins, was resurrected on the third day, and ascended to the right hand of the Father, if any Jesus or any teaching of the Essenes leads us away from Him, from our Messiah, our Savior, we need to throw it out and not listen to it, no matter what other scrolls were in the same cave or the same vicinity. So here's Blavatsky.net. I'm not going to read this again. I'm just going to show you. She has a part down here that says the historical Jesus, and the it says the great similitude traced by some critics between rites and observances of the early Christians and those of the Essenes may be accounted for without the slightest difficulty, etc., etc. She talks about the Essenes again, the same way that Edgar Cayce does, that supposedly that's where Yeshua learned from, and he was tied in with them, so was John the Baptist, but he was just a man. And Blavatsky channeled this garbage back in the 1800s. Edgar Cayce was in the early 1900s. And the reason I even bring up Edgar Cayce and Blavatsky, along with Donald Trump, is because at a mega event, and I put this on one of our programs from several years ago during Donald Trump's administration, when he was running for president, or shortly thereafter, I can't remember exactly when, but here it is on our website. It's called Wolves in Sheep's Clothing. And General Flynn, Pastor Hank Kuhneman, these people that were going around for the mega movement to take America back, um, General Flynn prayed a prayer that I show in this video was actually originally channeled through from another New Age prophet or self-proclaimed prophet slash channeler whose name was Elizabeth Clare Prophet, who was also in the same occult religion type group follower of Blavatsky as Edgar Cayce. And it has to do with theosophy, with all this New Age stuff, with Maitreya, the false Jesus. Um, anyway, so you want to go to our website and watch this video so that you are not deceived. It's called Wolves in Sheep's Clothing at www.hiswordheals.com forward slash wolves dash in dash sheeps dash clothing. And you can also just do a search at the top, type in wolves in sheeps clothing, and it'll come right up. In closing, Abba, I just pray that we would not be deceivers and that we would not be deceived, Father. I pray for everybody listening. I pray for myself, for my family, that we would not be deceived, Father, that you would show us your truth. We love truth, Father, and so we want your truth. And so whatever your truth is, please show that to us. Help us to cling to Yeshua Messiah, believing and knowing that if he wanted the calendar changed now, he would have said something. 
And if he does want it changed, he will change it when he returns, Father. But help us to just cling to the scriptures that we have that point to a lunisolar calendar that we can do the best that we can to keep your feast days on the days that you want them kept. We pray that you would meet with us, that you would teach us, that you would lead us, that you would guide us, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we could not be deceived by the enemy. I pray that if any of these words are not yours, that they would fall to the ground and only your words and your message would be heard and would be internalized and would be remembered by those that are listening, Father. Again, I pray that we would neither be deceivers nor be deceived. In Yeshua's name, amen. Again, if you haven't watched this entire video, please go to our website, www.hiswordheals.com, and go to our blog page. No bound by fear, his kingdom's drawing near, this is our time to arrive.